So today's podcast episode is all about how to find joy in financial failure. And to have this conversation with me, I have one of my really, really close friends. Her name is Joy Ogunaye. And Joy is essentially one of the happiest people you'll ever meet. She is my happiest friend. And you will be able to tell from this interview because we're laughing a lot. We're happy. And she just basically brings out a joyful spirit in me. She lives up to her name. And I'm so happy that I was able to get her onto the podcast. So a bit more about Joy. She's a former banker turned beauty executive turned joyful uplifter whose life work is to inspire people to live a life full of beauty and joy no matter what. She's been coined the Iman Meets Oprah of her generation and she has an MBA in marketing and entrepreneurial management from the Wharton School of UPenn and a BA in psychology and internal affairs from UMBC. And she recently also launched her own podcast. It's called the Joy and Failure Podcast. And it's a joy cast to help inspire people to feel joy while navigating life's failures more easily. And her intention with her podcast is to make failing less taboo and more fun. And she lives by the mantra that every failure is a pathway to joy. So you guys are going to enjoy listening to this episode. We talk about her own financial mistakes and how she found joy in failure and specific things that you can be doing as you navigate your own journeys and the mistakes that you've made with money, and even as you go through what you consider might be failures with money. But before we get into the episode, if you haven't already subscribed to the podcast, please do. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and also watch videos and listen to the audio on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And if you have a minute and you love what you're listening to, please tell a friend about the podcast and also head over to iTunes to rate and review this podcast as well. And finally, be sure to stop by clevergirlfinance.com. There is always brand new content on the site for you guys every single week. So stop by when you get a moment. Let's get into this episode with Joy. Hi, Joy. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for coming on the podcast. Anytime. Anytime. It's such a pleasure being here. <laughs> so I'm doing something different this time. Um, Joy is actually here in person in my office at Yay! home. <laughs> and we're recording the podcast together. I'm really excited to have her here. And um, I'm going to have you introduce yourself and tell everybody who you are and what you do. Okay. Hi. Okay. I'm Joy. Some people call me doing whatever you call me. It's so cool. <laughs> um, and I always say that I'm a former banker turned beauty executive turned joyful creator. So right now I'm in a space where I'm a podcaster. So I have a podcast called The Joy in Failure. And I'm at home just doing this. You know, I feel it's a, a labor of love. Like it's something I'm really passionate about talking about failure. And I know it makes people uneasy. But what I've come to realize and what kind of inspired me to create this platform is growing up, like I feel we're not taught, we're not taught how to fail. And I noticed that this is the one thing that is constant in our life, change and failure. So we always chase success. And I, what I know, and in terms of from experience, I know that there's no success without failure. And I just wanted to be able to pass this message on as to how we can actually see failing as fun, how we can make it less taboo and more fun, and really being able to navigate our failures more easily while still experiencing joy. And for me, this is something I really want to be able to pass on to my children because I feel it's it just helps in terms of like mindset transform the way I see life and the way I navigate life. So I'm a feeling junkie. It feels so many times <laughs> and I'm still standing and still loving life and still full of joy. So I just want to be able to share that with the world. 
And I love that. And I think that, you know, for those of you who listen to the podcast, you know, failure is something that we're all going to encounter multiple times consistently. And it's not that I'm wishing anybody failure, but it's that failure is part of the progression to success. You have to fail in order to succeed. You cannot avoid it. And it's not always big, massive failure. Sometimes it's tiny, small setbacks that could be considered as failures, depending on how you define it. But, you know, it's all about, like Dwayne said, finding the joy in failure and being able to move forward. And, you know, we were talking earlier because we just recorded an episode for her own podcast and I was talking about how I fail all the time. And so on this episode of the podcast, I wanted to talk about specifically um, failures around money because a lot of times... Um, you know, as women, we carry a lot of baggage, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt around failures with money. Um, some of you who are listening are actively failing with money. You know, um, I failed with money. Everyone has had money failures. And mm-hmm. it's how do you manage them? How do you deal with them? How do you keep going knowing that your failures are propelling you towards your success, even though it might not seem that way when you're actually in the miss of experiencing the failure. Mm-hmm. And so Joy and I are going to be Joy and I are <laughs> going to be talking about that. The and joys just, of having multiple names. I know just to give you some background. Joy and I have been friends for several years. I can't even I don't know yeah, how long I've been for yeah. a long time. And so I call her Joy, but everybody else calls her Joy. And so I kind of mix the two names. <laughs> so <laughs> So um, the first question I wanted to ask you doing was mm-hmm. to talk about you. So what have been some of your own or one of your own biggest money failures? Mm-hmm. I was I just thinking about that. I know, I think credit card, which credit card, and I would say spe- specifically store credit cards. And I remember the first time I got, I think I was in college, the first time I got a store credit card, Macy's, and I thought, oh my gosh, this is free money. I think they gave me either like $5,000 credit and I felt like, oh my gosh, I was on top of the world and just going on a spending rampage without realizing that I had to pay that money back, (laughs) right? Like you're not realizing that, okay, this is not free money. This is actually money you have to pay back. And I used to just pay the minimum balance. So I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just pay $15 every month, $15 every month. One year passes by, I still have this balance. Two years, I still have this balance. Like it just kept on, I just kept on paying the minimum balance. And I think that's, I've just discovered that's like a huge failure a huge no-no and every time there was this tension every time I looked at the bill it was never going down I kind of (laughs) I'm like okay but I'm paying every I kept on thinking literally but I'm paying every month why isn't this going down why isn't this disappearing and every year it was the same bill Mm -hmm. so for me that was like my biggest (laughs) biggest lesson um and then of course I went into banking to really understand interest rates but even with that I was still in the sense of not realizing how much we pay in terms of interest rate how much this isn't really free money that realizing that credit is how you use it right Mm -hmm. so you can use it for you know you think of American Express and they would they had the philosophy you pay everything in full and I'm like huh you're paying minimum balance so realizing that and when I kind of realized that I wasn't moving forward, I was still in the same boat I was in every single year, I had to face it. And I think that was also the biggest challenge that I faced because I was avoiding the bill. Mm-hmm. I was avoiding every time I get that Macy's bill, I, you know, cringe like, oh my gosh, I don't want to open <laughs> it. Oh my gosh. Rather than just facing the music, opening it and facing the music and then saying, 
okay, what's my plan to pay this off? Mm-hmm. And when I just came to terms with that, I want to pay this off. I don't want to be accumulating interest anymore. I don't want it anymore. Then I was able to, it, it was just relief because mm-hmm. I had a plan. And it's something that I love that you teach is just being able to create a plan, create a plan with your finances, create a plan with your life. And that truly helped me to say, okay, how am I going to pay this you know, pay this rather than paying $15 every month, increase it to 200 every month. Right. And then when I had like a big portion of money, like you get your tax refund, I'm like, okay, rather than putting it into something, pay this off. And by the time I knew it, it was paid off. And there was just this relief. There was just weight. Like, oh my gosh, I was so proud of myself that I did it. Like Mm -hmm. I paid it off. And with that, I was able to, I feel it helped me become better with credit. Like I don't want any store, but any store credit anymore. People become very selective, like not having so many credit cards, Mm -hmm. not having, you know, all that, having your balance, like just paying it off, you know? And I think, yeah, we would like to, we always like to like rack points on our cards so that we can travel here, even though it takes like forever to even get those points. But being able to be very conscious about every month paying it in full, like Mm -hmm. not having any credit, just paying your bills in full. So I think that was like a huge lesson for me and understanding interest rates (laughs) of credit cards. And how they compound. Yes. And how they're, you know, and how they vary. Like you don't really realize the rate. You don't realize it's 20%. Yeah. Right. You don't realize the late fees. Like, oh yeah, I missed a day. Oops, $35. Like you just don't realize how that, it just racks up racks up and just coming to terms with really saying how much am I really giving these people like how much <laughs> how much was that worth it like <laughs> the clothes that I even bought I don't wear them anymore so was that really worth it right um so that was I feel that was like very it's a huge lesson but very informative because with that I was able to understand interest rates as I said with that I was just able to understand money better mm-hmm. and even understanding um like rather than just getting cards, how much is the rate? Like is the rate 2% or is it 20% or is it 2%, 0% now and then 50% later on? Because they do that, like reading the fine print or not getting any at all as well. It was something that I learned. I'd not be afraid of looking at my bank statement was also something I learned. (laughs) (laughs) That's a really good lesson. I think, you know, store cards are something that a lot of people fall victim to, you know, cards for points and rewards. You know, there's there's different sides of the argument. Yeah. I'm not going to get into that because, well, <laughs> it's just there. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, store cards, you're not getting the credit card from Victoria's Secret from Macy's. Mm-hmm. You're getting the credit card from the credit from the credit card company that Macy's has negotiated the um, this credit card win. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're still owing the Bank of America or the Capital One, whoever is the sponsor of this deal that Macy's or whoever has and usually store cards have the highest interest mm-hmm. rates and you know a lot of people will say well I'm using it to build my credit oh I want to get airline miles oh I'm using it for xyz and that all sounds great but the bottom line is that these credit card companies are in the business of making money right like this is what they do and mm-hmm. they do it really really well and so you know, I'm glad that you shared that because, and I'm, I'm so glad that you overcame that and now you know better. But for those of you who are listening, I want you to understand that, like I said, credit card companies are in the business of making money. This is their job and they have studies, they have statistics, they have whole departments that are, you know, their main job is to study you and your behavior as a human being and take that information and market these products and services to you. Mm-hmm. And they know that people who 
take on store cards or going to come and shop at this store. They know that they're going to want to take that 10% discount to get the store <laughs> card. <laughs> they know that when you're looking at that beautiful dress or that beautiful handbag, the last thing on your mind is, oh, let me look at the APR mm-hmm. of this credit card. Let me check out the interest rate. Let me look at the fees. You don't care about that when you're looking at a beautiful dress. So it's all about putting that into perspective. But like you said, there was yeah. a lesson, right, in that failure. Mm-hmm. So um, that leads me into my next question, which is, you know, now that you failed and you you got those lessons from the failure, like you you said that you got the relief, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you felt a sense of relief. But what what does that really mean in the grand scheme of how you move forward with managing money and mm-hmm. just like how did that one lesson, that one experience with paying off that five thousand mm-hmm. dollars change the trajectory of how you manage money today? Mm-hmm. Great question. I think one thing that made me realize, of course, once I was able to face, you know, the situation or the mishap and be able to say, okay, I can pay it and really know that I realized that I actually made it, like I conquered it. I was able to pay that off and how that relief gave me. It gave me hope and it gave me actually, I would say more confidence to know that I am in control of my money, Mm -hmm. right? I am in control. So in that sense, I, I'm not scared to check my bank account anymore, right? Like before, I would be so scared, right? Or before, I would be so scared to open the mail the way I see it now. Like, oh, yeah, I'm always thinking, oh, maybe someone is sending me a check in the mail. Yes, it's not, <laughs> but I try to. It's just being able to see it from an optimistic standpoint where maybe it's a check in the mail. Maybe Macy's realized that I overpaid and they're sending me money. So I'm not scared of opening mm-hmm. my mail anymore. I'm not scared of checking my bank account. Like I, I see it as a game. It's something fun. Okay. What is my bank account now today? Okay. I know I'm going, I'm a money making machine. I'm going to get money in. Like I just, it just gave me confidence that if I could pay that off, if I could do that, then there's nothing I can do. There's mm-hmm. no obstacle. There's no financial block that I'll ever encounter that I cannot overcome. So I would say that's one thing that gave me, like it gave me the confidence and gave me the awareness that I am in control Mm -hmm. of my money. And it's okay if I make mistakes. It's okay if I overdraft today. It's information, right? It's maybe telling me that, okay, maybe you have too many bills coming out of this account. How do you avoid that, right? Like, so just being able to see it as information and be able to manage your money better and be able to say, okay, at the end of the day, what, like just managing your bills, managing what's coming in, what's going out, what's going to savings. Like I just became very interested, much more interested than I'd ever been about money mm-hmm. and really being able to expand my wealth. Right. So um, I think that's one thing that gave me like that confidence that I could do it. Like it's possible. So that was essentially you finding joy in the failure. Yes, exactly. The failure was taking yes. on all the debt, but yeah. then finding joy was, you know, going through the process of mm-hmm. getting out of it, learning the lessons, getting the information, mm-hmm. and then getting that confidence mm-hmm. where you're able to talk about your finances mm-hmm. like this now. Yes, and be able to go. And one thing, even I think you have also inspired me to do, of course, like I remember like the workshop, which I talked about, I don't know, maybe the video that we did. We did a video. Um, I know we did a video too, which is so <laughs> awesome. But I remember like that workshop, like your first workshop at home. And that was also one thing that, I loved because it made me also realize, okay, this is my dream. This is what I want. This is my why. And then create a plan and be able to say, but to be, but to be able to create a plan, I had to look at 
where I was. Like, what did I owe? What was coming in? What do I want to save? What do I want to be able to invest? Like, I was able to kind of make that plan out. And yes, it was daunting. But once I was able to do that, I started becoming even more interested in like reading about money, you know, how people, successful people, do it mm-hmm. um i remember i talked about like ramit seti like his book on rich, which was very very inspiring because one thing that i learned was negotiating so he talked about in the book on how a lot of times like we don't negotiate in everything and he, he as a kid he was taught to always negotiate so even in terms of as i was paying my debt calling credit card companies, right, to find out how I can negotiate my rate, calling credit card like just being able to, because we don't do that. We don't, we just kind of accept whatever we're giving, right, versus calling, of course, you have an overdraft, calling them to see how can I not have it, you know, overdraft, like just being able to be more aware of your money and negotiating for anything, like we're negotiating for a raise, negotiating for every single thing was another thing that just helped that I learned being able to know that, okay, I am in control and I can ask, there's nothing, you know, I can ask for what I want mm-hmm. and get what I want. So yeah. That's, I love that. Yeah. And so one thing that you mentioned was when you were talking about your story was that, you know, you were afraid to open your bills mm-hmm. and, you know, th- I think the fear of failure drives a lot of decisions that people make. Right. And it impacts a lot of outcomes. Mm-hmm. So and I, you know, it's kind of hard to, when I think about it, you know, I've never really been afraid to face a financial mistake just mm-hmm. because I want to know what mm-hmm. it is now. Mm-hmm. But I know I know a lot of people and some people who are listening kind of struggle with that. Oh, my God, I don't want to know because if I don't know, then what I don't know won't hurt me. Right? Mm-hmm. However, when it comes to money mistakes, if they've already happened, then the fear of opening that bill you're just delaying mm-hmm. the inevitable, inevitable right? And it's funny because I posted a, um, a, a thing on Instagram the other mm-hmm. day and it was basically around this. I was like, yeah. when, your bill, when your bills arrive, I'm going to read it to you. I was like, what do you do? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do you A, open them right away? Do you B, let them marinate for a week or two? Do you C, cast them, bind them back to sender? <laughs> do you D, okay. throw them in the trash? Or are you automated, you know, and all good? Mm-hmm. And I was actually surprised by the number of people who who said, I let them marinate a week or two, or I cast them, bind them back to center. <laughs> <laughs> or I throw them in the trash. And, you know, I, I kind of get it because sometimes it can be daunting to look at the bills. It can mm-hmm. be daunting to open the statements. But um, you have to face it. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to get to the point where you start to detach your emotion mm-hmm. from your money because your money is just a tool. And we talked mm-hmm. about this on your podcast. Yeah recorded earlier your money is a tool that leads you to an outcome your money is not the outcome and you have to look at the situation so you can resolve it so that you can get your tool working properly Mm -hmm. so you can get to that outcome of your financial success quicker right Mm -hmm. so even if it means getting a glass of wine calling your best friend to hold your hand while you open up this bill even if it means opening up the bill and crying your eyes out Mm -hmm. then you do it but then you pick yourself up and you're like okay how do Mm -hmm. i pay this bill how do i deal with the situation what can i do you start to look for solutions Mm -hmm. immediately after you get yourself together like get your life Mm -hmm. and get working on the solution like you have to be objective with yourself like 
in that situation, being emotional, and I can I understand that it can be difficult sometimes, mm. but in that particular situation around your bills, around your finances, and knowing where you stand, you have to tell yourself, listen, girl, like, mm-hmm. I don't have time to play. We got to fix this thing. Mm-hmm. And the only way I can fix this thing is if I know what's happening. So don't let your bills marinate a week or two because it's not going to change the bill. The bill Mm -hmm. is still going to be the bill. You already (laughs) bought the stuff on credits. You know, the loans are still there. And, you know, I'm laughing. It's not funny, but I'm laughing because this is one of those situations that what what has happened has happened. And if you don't laugh and if you don't find joy in this failure, you're going to cry. And and crying is going to make your eyes red it's mm-hmm. going to give you a headache and then what happens mm-hmm. you have to call your doctor and spend more money because you don't feel good mm-hmm. that doesn't help <laughs> so Maybe ladies you know I, this is Bola giving you like her no nonsense <laughs> <laughs> while laughing <laughs> I'm going to put on my mean face now listen you have to open those bills. You have to see where you are. And if you need people, if you need to get your girl gang, your girl group around you while you open mm-hmm. those bills, you need to have a huge Wakanda forever party. Mm-hmm. Do it, but open the bills mm-hmm. and see where you stand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's such a good point. And I think it's with everything in life, right? Where we avoid, avoid, avoid the inevitable, but it's just prolonging the inevitable. And a lot of it is fear. It's, yeah. And fear... A lot of times fear isn't real. Like the fear that we have is not real because it's in our heads. heads. As you said, we've already made that mistake. So prolonging it till, you know, till we open that envelope two weeks from now, is not going to change the fact that we made that money boo-boo. So it's all about being, (laughs) it's all about being able to say, Hey, let me face that. I think a huge thing that helps is truly having compassion for yourself. Yes. Right. It's the shame. I think that's what prevents us from opening the envelope because we feel ashamed. We feel like, Oh my gosh, we did something wrong. We feel like we are the failure when we just failed. Like it's totally different and being able to detach yourself from the fact that you're not a failure. You just failed. And just being able to say, okay, it's information. Being able to see it as this is only going to help me become a better person. This is only going to help me become more of who I'm meant to be by just being able to be brave enough, courageous enough to face it, Mm -hmm. use it, and move forward. Yeah, and be proud to fail. I'm proud to fail. I'm proud of every financial failure I've had because every single one of those failures have given me information, like Mm -hmm. Dwayne just said, that have allowed me to make smarter decisions mm-hmm. for every one of my mm-hmm. even bigger financial successes. So mm-hmm. I'm happy about every failure. And even the failures that I'm yet to have, mm-hmm. I'm happy about them because I know that for every failure, it's going to be a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to learn so much that's going to continue to propel me towards my success. Mm-hmm. So look at it that way, like as opposed to wallowing in the failure. Oh, my God, I'm not good with money. I'm mm-hmm. bad with money. All these things are not happening mm-hmm. to me and not happening for me, you know, blah 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 think about okay wow okay this failure happened what can i learn from this Mm -hmm. what went wrong wrong here what do i not want to happen again Mm -hmm. and use that to create your plan towards your big goal Mm -hmm. towards your big dream that's how you want to manage Mm -hmm. failing and so failing should not be a negative word Mm -hmm. in your dictionary Mm -hmm. it should be a positive because your failure is you know it's a stepping stone it's helping you build that staircase towards Mm -hmm. that dream that big dream that you have so Mm -hmm. to me i'm proud to be it's true i am proud too like (laughs) i'll fail fail and fail again and it's the a huge thing that i heard you say bola is 
I think it's all about meaning. Is the meaning, and it's with everything, right? Is the meaning you give to things. And no one can define the meaning for us. We get to create that. We get to create that narrative. We get to create the life that we really want to be able to live. And I think it's, we find that it's easier to have somebody else define that meaning, but we have to be able to take responsibility and say, what do I see? What meaning do I give to this failure? Right. Mm -hmm. What do I learn from this failure? Like, don't look at other people and say, hey, this person thinks I'm a failure. It does not matter what other people think. It's about what you get out of that, how you learn and how you move forward. So we spend a lot of time worried about others, but just focused on the boo we've made (laughs) and how to move forward. Worry about yourself. Yeah. Stay in your own lane. Mm -hmm. And if that means, you know, if it's like people on social media that are like antagonizing your life and causing you to misdirect your focus, unfollow, Mm -hmm. block. (laughs) We have control, right? We have control. You have complete control control over all these things. Delete the phone numbers. Yeah. Block the phone numbers. (laughs) Because people will say, well, this person called me. This person said I'm a failure. Change your phone number. (laughs) So you don't have to sit down and listen to what they say. Just yeah. mark the email as spam. Unsubscribe <laughs> <laughs> and say I don't subscribe to that. <laughs> I know it's funny. I, so I spoke at um, um, the Road to Financial Wellness event yesterday with hosted by Jason Vitug of Frugal, and one of the questions I was sharing my story about how I saved a hundred thousand dollars. And one of the questions somebody asked me was um, when I was saving. I talked about you know how I had to kind of like manage my circle of influence and even today like you know i manage who i have around me and people who influence me and people say to me and somebody was like well so when you were saving money and over time like how many friends have you lost <laughs> and i was like don't worry i gained them all back without money <laughs> so if you're worried about losing people in your life don't worry right everybody wants to have a friend who has money mm-hmm. and so once when you get your finances right you'll find the friends mm-hmm. you need to find yeah. and the people who are supposed to be in your life will be yeah, will be there for you. Regardless. So, so. <laughs> <laughs> reminds me of an episode. I watched this. Um, what's this show called? Billions. Which I, I haven't seen that yet. Ah, it's so I need to start good. Watching, but <laughs> one of my goals is start watching more TV. So that's part of my self care thing. I'm going to put it in my list. Add it on my list. Billions. So there's this guy. I know this is so random, but he loses his money, <laughs> and he has you know a very fancy life. And he has a fiance. She's not a fiance, but his girlfriend. And he wanted to propose to her. So he basically was telling her that it's so unfair to you. I've lost all my money, but I really want to be with you. I want to propose to you right now, but I don't have the money to even buy the ring that you want. So what should we do? So I think he was expecting her to say, don't worry, it doesn't matter. Let's <laughs> just like, let's let break her, up. She said, oh yeah, let's wait. <laughs> around you shouldn't even be around you the dude is like dude i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna be with you (laughs) but it was really funny i thought i thought of that yeah (laughs) so um what are some steps that you know the ladies who are listening can take you know based on what you do every day what Mm -hmm. are some steps that women can take you know, so that they can start to find joy in their failures. So there might be people who are listening who are actively going through some setbacks or some failures, and they just need to glean some light at the end of the tunnel. They need to get a glimpse of this light at the end of the tunnel. They need to find some ways to stay motivated as they power through this Mm -hmm. situation that they're in. So what are some ways that you can tell the ladies listening on how to find joy in the midst of a setback or failure they're experiencing. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So I know um, 
though I think I also mentioned this, but one thing that to even start with when you find yourself in that situation, the first thing I do is give yourself compassion because I think that's the thing that really helps you even move forward in being able to get you out of that rut, right? So you're already in the rut. You failed. You feel down. The first thing you should do is give yourself compassion. You're not a failure. You just failed, right? So being able to, once you insert that compassion, and the way I see compassion is the same way you treat people who you love, right? So if a friend of yours comes to you crying, I failed, what would you do? Like, would you be mean would you be hard on that friend, even a child or even a cousin or someone you loved, a loved one? What would you do? A lot of us, what we do is we give them a hug, right? A lot of times we give them that platform to be who they are. We tell them positive things. We tell them how amazing they are. Yes, they made a mistake, but that does not define them. That doesn't, um, that's not who they are. Their mistake is not who they are. And that's one thing we tell them is the same, the same love and the same compassion you give to others. First things first, give that to yourself, right? Don't wait for other people to give that to you. Cause sometimes you're fortunate to have people like that around you. And sometimes you're not at that point in time, but you have control. So give yourself that compassion, realize that you are not a failure, realize that your mistake does not define you. And it's only a stepping stone. It's only information. I'm telling you, this has helped me like the way I define failure and just see it as feedback see it as information. Like that's it. It's an information is not bad or good. It's just really what you, how you use it that matters, the meaning you give it. So once I'm able to see it as information, I'm able to, I've kind of, I've, I'm not, I've de identified myself with it, right? Like I've separated myself from the failure and I've just seen it as plain feedback, plain information. And then what do I do with this information? What lesson? Then I go into depth in what lesson did I get from this? What is this trying to tell me? What is this situation trying to tell me? What is you could have lost your job? You could have um, your, your financial situation. There's so many different mistakes or failures that we see, but being able to say, what can I learn from this? What is the information that I, I can extrapolate from this? What is the lesson that I can gain from this? And how can I move forward? Mm -hmm. Another thing that helps me tremendously is being able to, because I think still back to fear a lot of times we're in our heads but being able to say that okay i'm in this situation what is the worst thing that can happen right like being able to like call i got this from tim ferris like the fear setting like being able to just think of all the different fears what are you thinking about right what is the worst thing that can happen right like you lose your job okay and then what what is the worst thing that can happen okay you go you know you're on welfare is that really bad right you get a job in the mall is that really bad like just being able to you know, line them up. And once you do that, you're able to really see that your fear is not that big of a deal. Like there are solutions, like you're able to really see that there are solutions to that thing you're fearing with money. Okay. I have a big credit card debt. Okay. So what's the worst thing that can happen? Are they going to repossess, let's say, you know, your house. Okay. If they do, and then what is that a bad thing? Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. You start seeing, okay. Yeah. At least they free me off of this debt. <laughs> And then I just have to work my way to getting my credit back on track, right? How long would it take? Like you being able to just lay it down, write it down, face those fears. Because a lot of times when you face it, it's not that big. Like it's not as big when it's in your head versus when you just face it and then realize, okay, I can do this. And slowly but surely, 
you start finding yourself being able to get out of that. And as you're doing that, because you're seeing that information and you're seeing, you're being able to, let's say, pay your bills, you're able, you have a plan. Those are small wins that gets you out of the rut. Mm-hmm. And another thing that really helps is gratitude. And I think it's, um, it's kind of underrated, right? Gratitude is underrated, but being able to say, okay, I lost this. But what do I have right now? Like, what are the good things that I have right now? And a lot of times we, you realize that you have more than what you even think you have. Because we tend to, our brains, we tend to focus on the negative and not focus on the positive. And a lot of times you realize that, oh, I have more positives going on in my life than I do have negatives. Yeah. You start realizing, oh, I have loved ones. Like if, if the worst thing, you know, comes to worst, you lose your house. Do you have someone you can crash right on their couch? Do you have? And a lot of times we do. Yeah. We have family. We have friends. We have people who are willing to help. We have a network. We have, you know, there's a church. There are all these different things that are around us. You know, there are all this, this beauty all around us and we don't spend time really being able to relish and focus on it. So for me, that really helps me. Gratitude, ground, you know, grounds me into really understanding or appreciating what I have. Mm-hmm. And with that, because I can appreciate what I have, then it makes me find that joy in my situation. And with that, I'm able to be very optimistic as I tackle that um that failure or that mistake or that boo-boo. <laughs> so those are the, yeah, so those are the, and yeah, and I'm sure there are much more, but those are the first things that I kind of go to, my go-tos. That's um, really incredible advice. That's, that's <laughs> awesome advice. And yeah, that's really, really great advice. I was just thinking about it as you were saying it. And that's something that I hope you guys take and something I'm like in my head, I'm kind of like processing it. That's really great advice. I'm glad that you share that. Thank you. No pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> so before we close, I'd love for you to share what is your Clever Girl superpower? Mm. <laughs> and just so you know, Doyen is one of my, I think she's the happiest friend I have. Like her mother named her, her parents named her like perfectly. Her name is Joy. She's the happiest person I know, period. So happiness is not your superpower. You're just like by default. <laughs> okay. I know. Cause I was going to say that, right? No, I always say it's funny. I say that I am a money making machine. Right. Sure. I, I, that's my that's my fir- you know my affirmation. I'm a, yes, I'm like I'm a money making machine, meaning that there's nothing I can't do. There's no you know there's nothing that if I set my mind to do, I cannot do. So I think that's like a superpower, being able to know that no matter what situation I find myself in, I'm able to make money no matter what. That's great. I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and- you go i'd love for you to share with everyone how they can find you and i'm going to be putting all the links to that in the show notes as well okay awesome okay so you can find me on my podcast which is the joy in failure podcast you can find me on itunes soundcloud google play and stitcher and you you can also um follow me on the social media platform so i'm on instagram twitter at joy ogunea which is spelt Jo, um, which is spelled J-O-Y-O-G-U-N-N-E-Y-E. 
You could also come onto the website. My website is thejoyinfilia.com and there's a blog, there's a podcast episodes, there are all the goodies that I don't share anywhere else. So definitely stop by and definitely say hello. <laughs> Thank you so much, Joy. I'm going to put all that information in the show notes and I appreciate you for being here. This has been awesome. Thank you. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me and thank you all. It's so great to be here. Thanks. <laughs> Have a lovely one. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to this week's episode. And if you have, please be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher. And you can also listen to episodes and watch videos on the Clever Girl Finance YouTube channel. And finally, if you have a moment and you love what you've been listening to, head over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast so that other amazing women just like you can find the podcast as well. I'll talk to you guys on the next episode.